Welcome to Campus Life, the college side of our flagship podcast here at Campus DeCanton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. Another busy week in college football. We've got more spring games to talk about, more players entering the transfer portal, um, all sorts of, of, of things happening. Um, definitely a really great time and kind of the off-season cycle right now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I wish... You know, all these games weren't going on on Easter weekend, you know, because that's a big family weekend. So I didn't get to watch as much of this as I would have liked to on a normal, uh, under normal circumstances. But, you know, that's what the rest of the week's for. We don't do Easter with our families anymore. So, mm. um, you know, just freeze up the weekend for us. Nice. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. We went with we, my parents Saturday, Becca's parents today. We're recording this one Sunday, um, but Becca's parents today, so. Isn't that special? Very. <laughs> happy Easter, everybody. Yes, happy Easter. Um, all right, guys, just a couple things getting out of the way here early, and then we will talk um, basically just about some spring football. Um, new beginner leagues, guys. We've gotten a pretty good response on these. We've got two leagues already up and drafting. A third one. Almost filled. We'll soon, uh, uh, it'll probably be filled up here in the next day or two. That one will kick off as well. Uh, these are beginner campus Canton leagues for those that have never played in one before. So if you have been interested in trying out the format, um, but have maybe, you know, don't know where to find a league, don't want to run it yourself, you know, do, do you, if you couldn't put it all together, we're going to do it for you. We're going to commission it. We're going to get you a setup with everything you need. And if you're a yearly member with us, we pay your league dues for the first year $30 buy-in you sign up for a year with us and we just pay it right in for you so crazy crazy um, no so you get all of our info yeah no risk yes no yes. risk so super easy just shoot us a message either um you know if you're in the campus can't discord feel free to dm me on there i'm i'm austin and i'm the little squid guy um <laughs> on twitter at debbie deets or the at campus canton um um account on there as well and we'll get back to you fairly quickly uh we'll get you your invites we'll confirm that you're a year-long member with us if you are and and it's painless painless guys so go ahead check those out if you haven't already speaking of drafts guys if you're in your freshman drafts right now or you are prepping for one and you have not checked out the freshman guide yet go ahead and check that out if you are a yearly member at the site well a grandfather member or scholarship tier above you get this guide for free. So if you are supposed to have it and you haven't gotten it yet, reach out to us. We will make sure it gets sent to you. That's also $20 for anybody that just wants to go out and buy it. So go ahead and check that out as well if you need it. Then last, guys, we have partnered with Sharp Sports. Um, over uh, Marcus Sharp over on YouTube does a ton of different recruiting videos, some really, really good stuff. So go ahead, check out uh, uh, his stuff over there. Um, and if you aren't a member, I think he might have a promo code for you if you go check him out and, and listen to the videos. And so, um, so I, I would definitely recommend doing that if you've been looking for something. He does got a little. Uh, got, he's got a little discount for you. Yeah, yeah. What a guy. What a guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And his videos are are really really good, guys. So, um, seriously, go check him out. Um, we're part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, guys. So many good podcasts over there. Go ahead, check all of them out over at fantasy points live on Twitter. They're all listed on there. Ton of great content for you. Um, we did do a weekly Friday drop it has all the episodes of the week. So if you missed any, you can go ahead and check that out as well. Um, fantasy points media group. It's good stuff. It really, really is. Um, news Colin. Underwhelming news this week. Yeah. <laughs> Very underwhelming. Um, two, two, uh, two arrivals or departures here. JT, uh, JT Daniels, uh going to wvu it is official that was the rumor for a while obviously the connect the connection there um to the offense coordinator graham harrell who was his former offense coordinator at usc uh, where jt daniels obviously started his career before the injury before losing his job before going to georgia before the injury before losing his job before... <laughs> now we're at wvu third time maybe the charm um do we like this spot for him um, and then for other pieces at, at West Virginia. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as possible landing spots here, this is about as good as you could have hoped for, for JT Daniels. I mean, he, the spots were kind of drying up pretty quickly and, you know, we know he's, he's got some talent 
just really can't seem to stay on the field. Um, so he stays in a P5 school here, go reunites with Graham Harrell. Graham Harrell has put up um, like high volume pa uh, passing offenses here. So, you know, maybe he provides some CFF production here if he can stick on the, uh, if he can stay healthy. Uh, you know, maybe rehab a little bit of his NFL stock to the point where maybe he gets drafted. Um, but I don't, I wouldn't expect it to be any, or I wouldn't expect it to be early. Like we were kind of thinking maybe when he was at Georgia, but like I said, as far as landing spots goes, it's about as good as you could have hoped for, you know, a little bit of a little glimmer of hope. Yeah. I think, um, some people were pretty excited for Nico Martial, the true freshman going in there, obviously now probably not going to win that job, but we shouldn't. I would treat Martial how I was treating him previously as a guy mm -hmm. that I'm still targeting as a stash. Because remember, guys, I just talked about this a couple minutes ago. JT Diaz has a little bit of a habit of getting injured and losing his job. So uh, definitely not out of the realm possibility that we see another quarterback there um, this season just due to the fact that Daniels does not seem to be able to stay on the field. Um, I mean, Caden Prather... Someone interesting, I believe, uh, Gerald Williams, Jarrell, Gerald, it's J A R E L, mm -hmm. uh, true freshman there has apparently been making a little bit of noise. They've got some other guys there as well. Um, we'll see if Graham Harrell can kind of get that offense moving again because they've been pretty rough in, uh, from a passing standpoint for the past few years. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty much everything pretty much ran through Letty Brown, uh, the past yeah. couple years there. So, you know, it'll be definitely a different philosophy here. I know Tony Mathis is, has been uh, – he's ex the guy expected to take over there for Letty Brown. I'm not as bullish on Tony Matthews in Mathis. a Graham Harrell – yeah, Tony Mathis – in a Graham Harrell-led offense. Um, you know, Graham Harrell doesn't – his offenses don't traditionally use the running backs all that much. Um, so, you know, I mean, he's fine. He'll You know, he should get some work. But I'm more interested in, you know, the receivers there. Probably Prather seems like he's the guy who's getting a lot of the buzz there. Although Graham Harrell offenses do tend to target the slot a lot. So, you know, like guys like Jarrell Williams, you know, we can check out some of the other guys there, see with the buzz there. I think the slot is probably where I'm the most interested. Yeah, it's definitely a, you know, four wide spread them and shred them. So um, th that'll, that'll be coming to West Virginia. And if, the, if it doesn't hit it off this year, then, you know, give it a year and that system will probably be, you're running pretty well by 2023. Mm -hmm. um, the other transfer here, Colin, is one that we probably don't really like anymore. And it's Dylan McDuffie, former Buffalo back, um, the guy that we kind of expected to just be the next there at Buffalo and a long line of productive college running backs. Uh, he's leaving to go to Georgia Tech, a backfield that has a lot of other guys in it. Um, so we probably don't like I, I would say Dylan McDuffie is not worth rostering anymore. I think I have him ranked in my C2C rankings and I'll probably I'll take him out. Uh, for the next update, I'll just delete them completely. Yeah, I'm pr I'm pretty much right there with you too. I mean, it's you know he might earn some some work this this year. Maybe he gets some carries and stuff because you know two of the guys that are coming into that backfield that I'm not going to say we're excited about, but that we are maybe more intrigued about than some of the other guys are are both freshmen in Jamie Felix or Jaime Felix, um, however you say that. I'm not sure which one it is. Bad I, hadn't even considered, I hadn't even considered the thought that it could be Jaime until you said that. And I'm like, oh, I mean, maybe. Maybe. It's probably Jamie. We don't want to assume anything. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, in, in Felix and uh, Antonio Martin. So, you know, both freshmen, guys who probably aren't going to get a ton of work right off the bat here. So that's why there's maybe some small opportunity for McDuffie. But, yeah, I don't really think he's rosterable. I think if you can unload him for something, I would do it. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't think anyone's going to buy him at this point. I mean, it's, no. he's not a stellar talent. We liked him because of the system. He's going there to Georgia Tech, um, who, you know, they had Jameer Gibbs there the last two years, and they couldn't really ever get him going in the the rushing game. He, he had a lot of his production as a receiver. Um, so... No, it's probably not a guy that I really care about at all. I think at this point, yeah, just any any format except for something that's just beyond deep. Um, I, I would just kind of just be done with that. Um, yeah. I mean, we have a 24-teamer. Um, or you're, you're not rostering him in that? No. 
I'm in a 28 teamer and I wouldn't roster him in that. No, there, there you zero go. Zero interest. Uh, uh, if we talk, if we're doing kind of, you know, the, the min maxing, like we were talking about last week, then yeah. like, what is he ever going to like, what is he going to help you win? And is he a stash? It, it, like, no. A, a upside stash. If the answer to those, both those questions is no, we take him off the list. So yeah. Yeah. Um, it does his transfer out. And I mean, we were kind of expecting it, but it, it kind of opens the door in Buffalo for somebody else to step up. Um, Cook is a guy there that, you know, he's had some opportunities. What's his first name? It starts with an R. Why am Wait. I blanking on it? I don't know. It's not Ryan. Ron. Is it Ron? Cook. Ron Cook Jr.? I don't know. I think Maybe. something like that. I can't. I, yeah, I'm blanking on it too. But um, Cook has had some opportunities there. You know, maybe he steps up, earns a little bit more work there. Um, but that's a backfield to keep an eye on. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it is Ron Cook Jr. He's a Ron. smaller guy, though, isn't he? Nice. Yeah, I believe so. So that, <laughs> I mean, they also had what Jared Patterson there, who was like the small guy of all small guys. So yeah, maybe they can make it work. Who's, who's to say? Um, all right, let's talk some spring games here, Colin. Um, you know, last week we had a couple big ones, and, and there were a lot of ACC teams. Uh, this year or this week was a lot more SEC heavy, which is probably more interesting for us. Um, you know, just <laughs> probably better teams there if you just switch the conferences. Um, so I th- let's start with. Uh, should we start with the what the, the the current champs out of respect? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll go out of order here. Um, yeah, Georgia. Yes. <laughs> Georgia, they had their spring game this weekend. It was really interesting. I guess I asked. Uh, so uh, you know, our uh, CFF guy Jared was there um, to, to watch the game. He is a Georgia fan. I was asking him. I, I was watching it a little bit on TV, and the stadium like wasn't that full. Like, I mean, there were there were a lot of people there, but it wasn't full. He said it was a threat of rain. So um, the fair ultimate, fans, the so ultimate fair weather yeah. fans. Yeah, literally, mm-hmm. the weather is not fair. They did not. They're not there. <laughs> um. So, yeah, they kick things off this week. They bring back, you know, a lot of that team from last year. Gone is George Pickens, but he didn't really play last year anyway. And gone is Jermaine Burton, obviously, um, uh, transferring over to Alabama, who we're also going to talk about here today. Uh, it sounded like he, they, they really, really like him there. And then, of course, you know, Zamir White um, and, and James Cook gone. But, like, really, for a team as deep as Georgia, like, they bring back, like, everything else, and that's pretty darn impressive. Um, no... Uh, Brock Bowers in this one, he is out for this offseason with a shoulder injury. We've talked about that uh, here on the show. Um, so I think that was one of the big questions we had was kind of just, you know, what does that depth chart kind of start looking like? Can we can we figure out since Bowers isn't there who the second guy is going to be? And I think we got our answer. And I think our answer is Eric Gilbert, which I feel like I just got out of a time machine and went back <laughs> like 18 months because it think we kind of thought that the odds of him coming back and being successful in any sort of way were probably over um, but had a really nice game three catches 49 yards two touchdowns targeted a couple other times was just kind of a monster in the red zone they, they could not stop him there um, so I mean at this point like is Eric Gilbert back and if he is where do you feel comfortable ranking him right now in a tight end landscape that quite honestly is not great across college football yeah I mean that's a great great question i think yes it does seem like he is back i would expect brock bowers to still be the tight end one there after the way he looked last year after the way everybody kind of on that staff raves about brock bowers but i do think that offense is open for two tight ends to to have some work and some success now are we going to see eric gilbert put up the numbers that he put up his freshman year at lsu no probably not Uh, Georgia just isn't that high volume of a passing offense. They're going to have a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. They're probably going to spread the ball around a lot. Um, And, you know, something we can address a little bit later in in this topic here, but, you know, a lot of the running backs have been getting targets too. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of people who are going to be catching passes in that offense. But I think the important thing was Eric Gilbert looks like he's back. Eric Gilbert is dominating in the red zone again. And if he can have a role, stay on the field, be productive, this is the type of guy at Georgia who I could see being very easily being a a day two tight end. I think there was even still a shot that he could be a day one tight end. Um, Just given his history, his pedigree, his athleticism, 
and you know his ability as a receiver. I think there's a possibility that he could still go day one and you know maybe lesson learned that we shouldn't have written him off for dead so quickly but i i never really dropped him outside like my top 15 at tight end just on the off chance but if he's back i think you put him back in your top 10 maybe top eight maybe even top five maybe in that five to eight range i think probably where he'll end up settling in for me um, yeah, I'm not sure exactly yet. I mean, he's still got a long way to go. No Darnell Washington or Brock Bowers in this one. Um, and he does still need to lose some weight. I think mm-hmm. they said that when he came back to the program, he was around 300 pounds and now he's at like 270. If we can get him down to 255, even 260 ish, I'd feel really decent about that. Um, as long as he's keeping his tight end eligibility. Yeah, I think he goes top 10 for me. Don't quite know that I'm ready to put him at five. Um, I mean, I th- is if he has a a decent year this year, because I think it would be really difficult there at Georgia to have a, a huge statistical year with, mm-hmm. with Bowers in the way and, and the way that offense is. Um, would a decent year get him good enough like draft capital where he just is gone after this year i think if he declares at the end of this year he's a day two guy probably at worst i mean we've seen worse tight ends go day two i mean his receiving ability his athleticism his pedigree and he'll be at a school like georgia i think that the combination of that is enough that I think teams would fall in love with him and take him in the in day two. I think that's where I would feel comfortable projecting him at this point in time. So for a tight end, you can't hope for a lot much more than that. There's very few day one tight ends. Um, you know, I think he would have an outside shot to get there. Uh, you know, I wouldn't bet on it, but compared to some of the other options, he has a better shot, but I think day two is where he would end up. And if he gets a two draft capital, yeah, I could see him coming out at the end of this year. Um, Yeah, I, I don't, yeah, it's, it'll be a situation to watch. I'm still kind of cautiously optimistic. I wonder where he's going to start going in drafts. I really don't have a good idea on that at all. Um, I did just try to buy him. Did not work. What'd you offer? Uh, it was a trade we were talking about pre-show here a mm. little bit. He was he was going to be I, I I said I would take him or Malik Neighbors. I was hoping they would go Gilbert, but I was still interested in Malik Neighbors. But it didn't end up working out. Okay. Um, but they didn't even the other person didn't even offer Gilbert. They were like this and this for na- and Neighbors and you know like he was just off the table, so it didn't work. It sounds like you just didn't try hard enough. I did the first deal you told me you were you were getting crushed on it. So <laughs> I, I, these negotiations just maybe this other guy was a little more wily than you, Colin. I'm gonna throw that out there. Um, I didn't I didn't push too heavily. Yes. Apparently, apparently <laughs> the first offer I heard. Yeah, you weren't pushing at all. Um <laughs> all right. So so that's the the big story on the day. Uh, the quarterbacks were fine. Um, Bennett threw for, for a decent amount of yardage, almost 300 yards, but, um, he completed like 40% of his passes and had two interceptions. Uh, he looked kind of rough. Uh, I actually thought Carson Beck looked better than him, which has been kind of a rumor that we've heard coming out of there a little bit this offseason that, that Beck has been out playing Bennett. I don't, I don't know that the odds are very good that he takes his job, but definitely something to monitor. Um, mm-hmm. for anybody that was, you know, in a deeper league and relying on Stetson Bennett or, or something like that, They're, they have Lad McConkey and they know that the, <laughs> the chemistry there is just, uh, unparalleled between, between Bennett and McConkey. Um, yeah, I mean, I, we, like you said, we've kind of been hearing that drumbeat that Stetson Bennett maybe hasn't looked that sharp. He hasn't necessarily, um, taken the reins like they kind of hoped he would and it opened the door a little bit for Beck. Now I, I would still be surprised if Bennett wasn't the starter, but maybe he has a little bit shorter of a leash than what we thought. Maybe if they're in some close games and, or they get down at some point, maybe they turn to Beck. I don't think it's crazy. 
No, I don't think it's crazy either. Um, I definitely don't think it's going to be either of the two guys that everybody loves there, though. Um, you know, Brock Vandergriff was pretty poor, um, not running with, you know, the main guys or whatever, but 12 for 26 for him, uh, just over 100 yards. And then Gunnar Stockton got some a very short amount of run at the end, um, one for three for nine yards. Like they were mostly running it when he went in uh, anyway. So it's probably it's going to be Bennett or Beck. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, pr- probably not those other two guys, even though, you know, Vandegrift, who we've been very down on, and but like, it's, like those are the more, you know, quote unquote sexy or exciting names, yeah, uh, compared to the other two guys mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I don't know if we garner anything from the the running backs in this performance. They, they've said it's been Kendall Milton all offseason, he they he had like six touches, he really didn't do that much. Um, they weren't they weren't uh, uh using him a ton. Um, any other receivers stand out to you? I mean, Delp got some nice catches, or he got some nice, uh, some nice work kind of later in that game. He had seven ca- uh, catches for 91 yards. Uh, true freshman tight end there, high four star kid. My top tight end of the class, um, probably if you talk to most people, he's at least a top three or four guy for everybody. So, so he's definitely a name to monitor there. Um, Arian Smith had a long bomb. Dominic Blaylock, because he had been the other big story there from Georgia this offseason. Uh, Mookie Blaylock's kid. Uh, has had uh, season-ending knee surgeries, uh, knee injuries, two successive years. Uh, but he's a, he's like a really big athletic guy that they've loved. Just can't stay on the field. He's been really good all spring and uh, five for sixty-seven in this one. So, um, I mean, this offense probably it's going to be very difficult to kind of guess on a week-to-week basis uh, who you really want, yeah, out of any of those receivers. And maybe the answer is none. Yeah. <laughs> I think the answer was mostly none last year too even with, you know, Pickens and Burton there. Pickens was out. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think um, the biggest standout for me from a receiving perspective is the 13 targets that were spread around to running backs. Um, Kenny McIntosh had five targets. He went four for 48. Um, Kendall Milton, four targets. Um, he had one for 32 and a touchdown on that. Uh, and then Daywan Edwards, you know, four targets. He went three for 28. So they're targeting the running backs in in the passing game so i think that's something that's intriguing to keep an eye on um and then adonai mitchell um so i didn't watch this game um but i didn't really hear anybody saying he stood out in any sort of a way uh but he had seven targets so he only had two catches 28 yards but it seemed like he was being targeted so i think that's something else that'd be worth monitoring yeah yeah um I, uh, yeah, I, why not? Um, <laughs> head over to the team that Georgia beat in the national championship game last year. Um, their foe in the SEC, Alabama. Um, another team that uh, we we have some questions in terms of position battles here. Um, and I know we probably, this spring game for them probably wasn't the best representation because there was a lot of guys that either have not enrolled yet that figure to be somewhere on the depth chart or... Um, our, our injured Troy Brooks, for instance, is out this mm-hmm. spring. So we, um, I think that that depth chart, we didn't get a great look necessarily at, at what the, the the starting lineup probably is going to be. Bryce Young is going to be the quarterback. We do know that. Um, was up and down on the day. It was super rainy. Um, so I'm not sure uh, exactly what we can take away from that. But 14 for 29 for 153 yards. He was fine. Um, Jameer Gibbs, really long touchdown run sky, the limit for him this year. I mean, I think we all kind of probably knew that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Jameer Gibbs obviously has been in the big story out of this game. He had that huge 75 yard touchdown run. Um, you know, he wasn't quite as involved in the passing game as maybe we, we would hope given his skill set. Um, but it is a day, you know, they're probably, it was rainy. They're holding a little bit back. You know, they're not going all out in this one. Um, I think one thing non-offense related um, that is is definitely interesting there is that uh, Will Anderson, Heisman Heisman runner, Heisman front runner here right now maybe, he, he they just said he was unblockable. Nick Saban said they don't have a guy on their roster who can block him. I don't think many people in the SEC or even in the, in the country do. He seems like he's, he's trending towards uh, – towards a lot of buzz there on that one. So that could have had maybe something to do with some of the poor passing numbers from Bryce Young is, you know, him and Dallas Turner were both wreaking havoc, but 
Um, on the other side of the uh, the team working with the twos there, um, Christian Leary, he had a nice day, over 100 yards, a touchdown. So maybe he works his way into the rotation a little bit there. You know, it, he's, he's definitely behind guys like JoJo Earl, Burton, Brooks when he gets back, um, Holden, but he's fast and maybe they, they work him in some way. I don't know. Yeah, he caught a nice touchdown from uh, Jalen Milrow, who um, ran with the twos. Um, but I do think it's going to be pretty interchangeable between Milrow and, and Simpson. One thing I will say about that quarterback battle, kind of, you know, who who is in position to be the next guy there. Like, I really, I, it probably is going to be Simpson, but I would not count out Jalen Milrow. I really, really wouldn't. He's a good player. They're both um, probably on the scale of like guys that could have touched the field at Alabama to be and played quarterback, like had a realistic shot to do that over the past, you know, five, seven years. They're up there with like Jalen Hurts is like on the, the high end of the mobility scale. They really haven't had any other guys close to what these guys can do. Ty Simpson, five-star kid in this year's class. He's very Johnny Manziel-ish. Like he will just run around like an idiot for like forever back there. Um, like very, very like, you know, street football-ish or your backyard football-ish, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Milrow, I mean, he he's a really good runner in his own right, but he, he yeah, had that really nice, nice long touchdown to to uh, to Leary. So moral of the story is don't count out Milrow. Even if he doesn't win that job next year, I think he probably can transfer somewhere else and get a job. So he's not a guy, like I, I'm, I'd be comfortable stashing him late at the end of drafts. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Um, because... Like you said, Ty Simpson is is pretty raw, and that's one of the things that we were, you know, one of the knocks on him coming in is is, is he's pretty raw as like a passer. Everything is very much off script, uh, and it works to a certain extent. But when you get to the level that Alabama's at, and the level that Alabama wants to be at, you have to be able to operate inside of structure. And Jalen Milrow might be a little bit better than that at this point. You know, he's had an extra year to mature a little bit, so. He's but a big dude too. Yeah, he's a big dude. I I think he's bulked a little bit since he got there, but he is out there. I was like, "Holy crap, this dude's a freaking unit back there." <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and even if he, like you said, even if he does transfer out and transfer somewhere else, I think at worst, he, you know, if he's a starting quarterback somewhere, he's a CFF producer, just given his legs. You know, he went, uh, he had fifty-eight yards rushing in this one. He had a twenty-two yard run, so. At worst, he'll be a, a CFF producer for you for two years, which you're stashing him late. You know, you're probably taking him around 30. It's probably around the time where you're where he'd be going off the board in most drafts. So that's pretty late for a guy with yeah. that upside. Yeah. Um the receiving volume was was pretty spread out. And again, there's a lot of guys that like aren't on campus yet or, or were not participating in this. Um Jojo Earl uh, saw some targets, had a couple drops. Um, Jermaine Burton, a couple catches. Like everyone had like between like two and five catches, and almost everybody was between like fifteen and fifty yards. So it was a very even distribution. The one guy that I think was really interesting was Kendrick Law, hmm. uh, who I just want to talk about here real quick. He's a five-star athlete, I believe, in this class, or a very high four-star. Um, <clears throat> there were a lot of questions about what position he would play. Is it wide receiver? Is it kind of more of a running back? Uh, he is. Not like he is Debo ish in the sense that like he can kind of play both of those those positions. Uh, and then he's also played defense at a pretty decent level. Um, I was really not a fan of his, but he saw quite a few targets in this game. Uh, and Nick Saban has talked about him a little bit. Um, so he'll be an interesting guy just to see is there a role for him because of what he kind of does is is a little more unique um, than some like the other like even the hybrid guys on Bama like. Uh, like a Kobe Prentice, like they're smaller and he he is much bigger than they are. Yeah. I mean, honestly, he, I thought he was going to be playing defensive back. Um, it seemed like that was kind of the way that things were trending, um, especially given his, his size, like you said. Um, so I thought he was going to play defensive back. So that's why I didn't really pay that much attention to him. Um, but yeah, if, he, if he's on the offensive side of the ball and now he's all of a sudden earning some looks, earning a little bit of praise. He's definitely got to keep an eye on. Yeah, he's 5'11", 193. And just for comparison's sake, like Kobe Prentice is like 170-something. Like Aaron yeah. Anderson is kind of a hybridish guy, and he he's smaller as well. So um, something to monitor, something to monitor. And Law, I don't even think he's really going in our ADP right now, but I think he's kind of a weird guy where the – like 
there was a lot of uncertainty there. There was no reason for him to be going in our drafts. We'll see if yeah. he starts going um, now. Uh, and that stuff will be updated as the offseason goes on. Uh, Cameron Law, too, played that crap. Just notable there. Um, <laughs> totally alligator-armed uh, a pass that, that, that got picked off. Um, so just, again... I, I, Latu is not a guy that I'm particularly interested in because I don't think the NFL upside's that high, and this offense doesn't really use the tight end. So yeah, you know, um, whatever yeah. there with if, him. If there's a tight end that I'm interested in, it's the freshman coming in, Elijah Brown. Mm, you're uh, a Brown guy. I, I do like I do like Elijah Brown. He's not okay. he's not like one of my top tight ends. He's in my top ten. Um, but just going to Bama, there's like I said, I don't really think that highly of Latu. So I think there's an opportunity for him. You know, they like you said, they don't really use Bill O'Brien's offense, doesn't really use the tight end that much. Um, so I don't necessarily know what kind of volume is there, but he's athletic, he's solid sized right now. He's got to put on some weight, but not a ton. Like you see some guys out of high school that need to put on a ton of weight. So he's a guy that I'm keeping an eye on. Yeah. Um, let's head up to Columbus, shall we? An emotional day up there. Uh, they, they did a really nice halftime tribute, um, for um, Dwayne Haskins. Um, so all, all in all, very, very, very kind of emotional day there. Maybe not your typical, uh, spring game, uh, festivities or, or, you know, whatever in the air. Um, but it was a very, I mean, the offense is going to be really good again this year. I think <gasps> we probably knew that Whoa. they lose, they lose Olave, they lose Wilson and they really don't take a step back. Um, let's start with the quarterbacks here. Um, I mean, Stroud, 14 for 22. He had 120 yards and a touchdown. McCord had 130 yards and a touchdown. Um, Devin Brown, the true freshman, came in third. Um, it looks like McCord probably is the backup this year, which isn't that surprising. He's been there for longer. Um, mm -hmm. But Brown looked good on the day. He had an interception. Uh, had another pass that maybe could have been picked off. He he definitely is going to have to um, take fewer risks there for Ryan Day to, to get him out on the field. But, I mean, it's... Did we learn anything about the quarterbacks here? I mean, McCord locked in as the backup. Seems like it's moderately interesting, but that's kind of it. Yeah, I mean, I think it was kind of assumed that if McCord went into this year with Ohio State, he was going to be the backup. You know, you a school like Ohio State does not want to be a Stroud injury away from starting a freshman gunslinger who's going to be prone to making some freshman mistakes. You know, as much as we like Brown, like you said, he is on the more aggressive side. He is going to need to rein it in a little bit, um, which I would prefer that. I would definitely much prefer a quarterback you have to rein in a little bit than one you have to coach to be more aggressive. I think it's it's easier that way. But, you know, they, Ohio State does not want to go into the season with a, red, uh, a true freshman as their backup quarterback if something happens to Stroud. So, I felt very comfortable if McCord was going to be on the roster, he was going to be the backup there. Seems like that is the case. Um, it seems unlikely that he's going to transfer at this point. It's, you know, I haven't really heard any rumors about that at all. So after Stroud likely leaves this year, it's probably going to be McCord Brown battling. Um, that'll be very interesting um, with Brown having a system, an extra year in that system. Cause I think Brown's more talented. Uh, I do too. Um, but, but obviously they're all very, very good players. Yes. It's um, not a knock on McCord. I think McCord's very talented. Yeah. I just think Brown has better tools. Yeah. Um, the running backs, not sure exactly what we, what we learned there. Travion really, you know, not, not in this one. It was the Evan Pryor and Mayan Williams show for the most part. Um, and both looked fine. Mayan Williams had a hundred yards. Evan Pryor had 62 and a touchdown. Um, I'm not sure we want. Like either of them will ever be startable, but I think they're definitely both guys that I want on a roster in case, God forbid, something happens to Travion Henderson. Uh, and I actually would be curious to see if something were to happen to him, who would be the starter? Because Pryor is the back that's more similar to him. And I'm wondering if just Mayan Williams would just keep whatever role he has in that scenario. I think it's definitely something to to watch for. But Pryor looked really good, and he's gained some weight too. Like He, he looked very, very explosive. Yeah, that was good to see um, him gaining some weight and – maintaining that explosiveness because man last year's class Evan Pryor was a top five back for me I liked Evan Pryor a lot he is a dynamic receiver he is the opportunity and the ability 
to be a true threat in the passing game where they can split him out wide, have him run legitimate routes. Like I like Evan Pryor a lot. My biggest concern was one, Travion was far and away my number one running back in last year's class. Pryor was going to be behind him. And two, Pryor was a little undersized. So it's good to see him at least check one of those boxes. I don't think he's going to be able to check box number two until Travion leaves. Um, but yeah, Evan Pryor is absolutely a guy that I want on my roster. He's a guy that I would be targeting in the rounds 15 to 20. Um, because a guy with that kind of a skill set at Ohio State really only needs one year. Let me look at Trey Sermon. Look what Trey Sermon did after one year. And I think Evan Pryor is way more talented than Trey Sermon. You know, it only took one year for him to do that. So if Evan Pryor ends up having to stay for all four years and, and maybe he lights it up his senior year, I think he could be looking at some really nice draft capital. Even if he doesn't, I think he's the type of guy that an NFL team is still going to be interested in. And he's a good enough receiving back that I think he can earn a third down role at the NFL level at worst. We're probably burying the lead here a little bit because I think the biggest story from this game is probably the wide receivers. <laughs> um, the place where we would have the most change from last year, obviously with two of the top three guys on their way out. Uh, JSN obviously is back, um, but it was kind of, you know, who, who are the other guys with him? And um, we figured it would be some combination of Julian Fleming, Marvin Harrison Jr., and Mecca Buka. Um, Julian Fleming was not scratched from this game, although there it was said that he had a, a some sort of very minor injury. He didn't play at all. That's very telling um, for for Julian Fleming. Emeka Buka, who we've speculated a lot on the show, can he play outside consistently? We weren't sure about that. He played outside in this one, and he looked pretty darn good. Had a couple mistakes, but had a couple big catches as well. Had himself a really nice day. He looks good. He looks a little bigger, which I think is good. Um, Emeka Buka starting there? I mean, he, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it. Um, like you said, you know, maybe there is some sort of a mysterious injury, and that's why Fleming didn't get on the field at all but was still dressed, but that is just kind of weird. And I also, I just think Egbuka is a more talented wide receiver than Fleming. Um, Egbuka was uh, one of my top receivers from last year. He was in the top three. I had him ahead of uh, Marvin Harrison. I don't have exactly what he was off the top of my head there, but he was in my top three. So I think he's very talented. I like him a lot. He's a guy that I was definitely um, – interested in coming into this year because i thought the the hype was around marvin harrison jr and, and probably rightfully so but egbuka is also very talented in his own right and it sounds like they want to use him at all three wide receiver positions so it sounds like they're just going to be moving him around he's going to be he's very versatile i think he can do that so he's probably better in the slot and that's where jsn is right now but the fact that it sounds like they're going to be playing him on the outside as well is very, very interesting for me. I like to hear that a lot. The other guy that that factored in kind of early is Jaden Ballard. Looked really, really good. He looks a little bigger as well. Um, he was a four-star in last year's class, kind of the forgotten third wheel of the class behind Harrison and Ibuka. Um, deep threat kid. Um, and they, they apparently they really like his speed a lot there. He definitely yeah, – he's the only – Real deep threat guy on that roster right now, at least in terms of like realistic options to to play meaningful time right now. So I'm very interested to see how much playing time he gets. I don't know if he'll ever be like a. He's. I think he'll be very boom bust. You know, he might not be a guy you're really starting, but I, you could do a lot worse as a bench stash late in the draft. Um, he is a year one zero, um, but his price is so cheap that honestly, I probably don't care that much about it. It's not like a. Demond DeMoss, where his price was still excessive after year one, uh, Ballard is so cheap that I, I think I'm, I'm I'm willing to take that risk because just the cost is so minimal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, in a draft that I'm in right now, I think I got him 17th, 18th-ish round, somewhere around there. Uh, and I'm absolutely willing to take a gamble on that because, one, it's an Ohio State wide receiver. Yes, the year, the year one zero wide receiver thing um, is – 
it's definitely something to monitor, pay attention to, factor in. Um, I do think every now and then there's some context that needs to be applied to situations. And last year's Ohio State roster, I would have been shocked if Jaden Ballard wasn't a zero. I mean, he was the third wide receiver in his class there behind two very, very talented guys in Egbuka and um, Harrison Jr. And then they had JSN, Alave, and Garrett Wilson there. So he was at best last year the sixth wide receiver on that team. Fleming was still there. He was more like seventh. So while I think Jaden Ballard is talented, definitely a deep threat kind of a guy, you know, I, I'm not as worried about the year one wide receiver, year one zero with him because I didn't expect him to do anything. Um, I would have been surprised if he had. So now what role can he earn this year and how productive, you know, can he be as, as pretty much only a deep threat kind of a guy, like stretching the field, taking the top off. That'll be remain to be seen as well. But the fact that they're talking about him and that they like him, I like that. And at Ohio state, it really, again, like I said, with the running backs, it really just takes one year and the NFL will like you. So there's still an opportunity for Ballard. Yeah. Um, not a ton of uh, opportunity for some of the top guys in this year's class. Uh, Cam yeah. Grace, for instance, was there. Uh, Caleb Burton was uh, playing as well. Um, Burton, uh, the only thing notable that I watched uh, him do, uh, he totally just failed to compete test a, a ball at all and it got picked off um very very lazy on his part so that probably doesn't bode well with the coaching staff grays i believe had two catches or three catches or something minimal so um i expect but grays he looks probably, to be in the line to be the first one of those freshmen yes he probably will be um so just just keep that in mind if you're drafting ohio state freshman this year and i think you know grays is fairly expensive at this point anyway yeah Last one here, Colin, and the one that we have the least amount to talk about, really, because I mean, the, the I, I, it's a lot of new pieces here. Like, this mm-hmm. is not a haha, South Carolina stinks. This is just like brand new quarterback. Most of the receivers are new. There, there's three running backs really in contention, and, and, and one of them is a transfer. Like, just a lot of moving pieces. So, not like I, I don't know exactly what we could take away from this game, but Spencer Rattler was not great um the running game was solid pick kind of trying to replace kevin harrison's a quandary white right it's a quandary white um i don't know do you have any thoughts on this game uh, the leading receiver was like four for 49 i mean it just wasn't a productive day uh passing yeah and they spread the ball around a good amount um and, you know, i was following along with with uh, chris moxley's live tweets for this one I wasn't watching this one, but um, he said they got Wells, um, Antoine Wells Jr. involved early. Uh, they had like two design plays for him right off the bat. And since he ended up three for 31, I'm assuming they, you know, got him involved early and then we're like, yep, that's all we need to see. You know, they kind of moved some other guys in there. So it does sound like he's the guy you want if you want a wide receiver there. I don't know how much passing volume there is going to be to go around for CFF production. You know, for, especially to one guy, I think they might spread that around a little bit. But Wells is definitely an intriguing guy. Chris Moxley special. Um, so it's good to see him get involved early and often there in that one, at least from the receiving perspective. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have that much to add. I thought the 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 rushing breakdown was moderately intriguing. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd had eight carries. Um, uh, new guy, uh, Christian Beal Smith had, uh, I believe, five. Uh, Juju McDowell had six. Like it's good. I think those are going to be the three guys. It's going to look similar to last year. Um, growing pains, growing mm-hmm. pains. We can't quite crown this offense yet. I think it's going to be no. the big takeaway. Um, but Marshawn Lloyd with eight carries for forty yards. He had a nice little, uh, nice little string of moves together on the one play. So maybe a little bit of hope there for me. I liked Marshawn Lloyd a lot. So. I'm holding that hope still. A couple of quick hitters here from, from across the country. Uh, Hawaii. Um, we're not going to try to pronounce this. Everyone's calling him TMA. <laughs> he's a wide receiver there. Uh, third or fourth year kid. He's a junior. Um, um, five catches, 130 yards, three touchdowns. 
definitely going to be a, a name that you should be paying attention to uh, as a potential CFF producer. Take them late in drafts. Uh, don't 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 go reaching for them too early. We're still not exactly sure what this offense will look like, um, but but um, probably feel better about somebody there than we did at the beginning of the weekend. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I and now I'm not going to try to pronounce this guy's name. I had never Say heard of him. Name. Say I had never name. heard of this guy before uh, today. So, you know, I, I mean, definitely intriguing. And I, I do think that this is an offense that can be productive, at least from a CFF perspective. Um, Cooper, uh, Cameron Cooper, I think, um, or Cameron, Cameron, one of the two at quarterback is solid. So, and Hawaii always puts up numbers. It, it, yeah. So interesting. Something to monitor for CFF purposes. Um. Miami, Florida, um, Tyler Van Dyke, uh, reported looked pretty good. Also reportedly nobody there can catch. That's yes. all I got. Xavier Strepo had a couple catches. Yeah. Um, then that's something too, that we had kind of heard a little bit that Miami was not real happy with their wide receiver play, uh, this spring, a lot of drop passes. That was kind of a recurring theme. So, this is transferring over into the spring game. I would not be surprised if they go out and add a wide receiver. I think that that's kind of what the writing on the wall is. Um, so, yeah, I could see them going out and adding somebody here. So I don't know how interested I am with the guys that they currently have on the roster. Uh, Rashard Smith is a guy who checked a lot of boxes on um, Chris Moxley's expansion for your of your year one zero. Uh, he checked, I think it was like six of the eight boxes. So mm-hmm. that was an interesting stat line, but a line for that, but it doesn't sound like he's really doing much there either. So, you know, I'm not super interested in Rashard Smith anymore either. Um, Arkansas, a couple of points here. The quarterbacks apparently didn't look great. Um, Lee Hornsby is transitioning to wide receiver. Um, so that he's, he's a really intriguing guy. I'm not sure he's quite worth drafting unless your league has a lot of waiver pickups throughout the year uh, where you can cut bait if, if you need to. Um, but QB struggled. Raheem Sanders had himself a nice day. I believe he had a, a, a like a 60-yard touchdown. Uh, and then the only other notable thing there from, from them, I think, is that Trey Knox is now officially a tight end. They, they kind of hinted at it, talked a little bit about it last year. Um, but he's now um, listed apparently at 6'5", 233. So they are bulking him up, which I think is nice because that gives him another – like his career as a wide receiver was not going to go beyond the next year or two. And now maybe he can catch on with somebody um, just because he's a, he's a big and, and moderately athletic guy. Yeah. I mean, what six, five two thirty three, So he's, you know, got to get maybe like another 10 to, to 15 more pounds. And then he's at a, at a good tight end size. So if he can maintain that athletic ability, yeah, definitely an intriguing option there. I liked hearing that uh, Raheem Sanders had a nice big day. That bodes well for a lot of the Raheem Sanders shares that I have, especially after uh, Noah Hills kind of they didn't shit all over him in his in his hero RB show, but he was less optimistic um, than I am. So good to hear that he's still looking good. Um, but then just as a note for for all you IDP guys out there, Drew Sanders, uh, former five star athlete at Alabama, transferred to Arkansas. Apparently he was a menace and you know, he's probably already rostered, but that's somebody to keep an eye on too on the defensive side of the ball. Last one here. IDP. Last one here, Colin, Virginia tech, uh, Grant Wells was pretty good and he connected for multiple touchdowns with Caleb Smith. So possible Tavion Robinson replacement there, at Virginia tech, um, Tavion and Trey Turner actually both leaving. So someone needs to step up there. Um, might be Caleb Smith a guy probably again worth monitoring uh, and maybe taking late in drafts. Yeah. And I liked hearing that uh, Grant Wells played well. I mean, he's kind of the guy that I assumed would take over that quarterback job. He looked good at Marshall. He's a guy that I liked at Marshall. Uh, He was good for CFF purposes. I think being at Virginia tech is going to diminish his CFF value. Um, But he's also the guy and a guy who maybe now he could get taken now he'll probably get drafted. 
what that means, how valuable that's going to be for your dynasty squad. Probably not all that much, but at Virginia Tech, he's got a better shot at going earlier than he would have at Marshall. So, is Marshall some powerhouse offense? I think his upside is just as much at Virginia Tech, to be honest. The AC, the, like, how many of the top twelve quarterbacks were ACC guys last year because they don't play any defense? Three or four? At least. I mean, that's a, okay. That's a good point. The defense is terrible there, and the so eh, maybe he's got some the same CFF upside. I think Grant Wells is overrated for the record, but um, I don't think we're gonna see. Like, I don't think his value goes down on this move. It had gone down for me. Huh. I don't think Marshall was a powerhouse, but you know, I'm more interested in G five quarterbacks who like in CUA or, you know, whatever, then I would be in Virginia Tech's quarterback on a team that's got a lot of question marks on the offensive side of the ball. But who's to say? The ACC does suck at defense, so. Yes, it's bad. Um, all right, Colin. Freshman profiles tonight. Uh, I'm shocked we hadn't done Quinshawn Junk- Judkins yet. We say that every week. We do. Uh, we do. I mean, we've got a, we, we keep track. We've got that huge list here on the sheet. Yeah. Yeah. We, we talk about some of these guys in, in various different, um, you know, mediums and in various different segments on these shows. But Quinshawn Judkins was not listed on our uh, list of guys that we've done a profile for. Um, but he is a three star prospect. He's number 46 running back in this class. So he was pretty lowly rated by the services, but he had a pretty impressive offer sheet. Uh, Florida, Notre Dame, Auburn, Ole Miss, all on the offer sheet there. Um, Ends up going to Ole Miss, enrolls early. He was highly productive in high school. Over 4,000 yards, 67 touchdowns. um, Highly productive. And he's got... A good size speed profile. He's uh, weighing in at 219 pounds, um, clocked at 21.1 miles per hour by a recruiting team at C2C, um, at Solving Football, and at Big Wide Receiver Guy. He runs to his size, lowers his shoulders, takes on contact, not afraid to run a guy over if he needs to, or you know keep the legs churning, pick up a couple extra yards. Um, he doesn't have the best lateral agility. He can make a defender miss at times if he needs to in the open space, but he's not going to shake a defender in the hole. Um, he's going to have to rely more on the power than to that. Um, he's got better straight line speed for sure. Um, I think he has really good patience and vision as a runner. I think he he ran out of the shotgun in high school. I think that's what he excels at, um, and I think that that's kind of that's the system he's going to be in at Ole Miss. I think that bodes well there. Um, Judkins was also lined up out wide and in the slot in high school. So I think he can be an asset in the passing game. Probably won't ever be anybody like a true weapon, you know, like I kind of talked about with Evan Pryor before, but um, he can definitely be an asset. Now he's going to Ole Miss. Ole Miss loses a lot from that backfield. Uh, Snoop Connor, Jerry and Ely both went pro Henry Parrish transferred out. They brought in Zach Evans. Zach Evans doesn't really want to run and handle like a huge bulk of the carries. I don't think Lane Kiffin wants to give one running back a bulk of the carries. But the concerning part is they brought in former SMU running back Ulysses Bentley the fourth. Um, that concerns me a little bit. It take it takes gives him a little bit of it a knock for his potential year one value here. Um, Evans will lead the backfield. Bentley and Judkins, I think, will fight for the change of pace role. But Judkins has reportedly looked really good this spring. Um, you know, they they've been talking about him, um, saying they like what they saw. I think there's a chance that he earns a, a decent role in this backfield. Uh, they used three and four running backs last year. That's not ideal from a fantasy perspective there, but Judkins can earn a role in, in this year. You know, I think he'll have the opportunity to seize the lead role next year when Zach Evans likely goes pro, because I don't necessarily think Ulysses Bentley is the type of guy who can handle a lead back role in the SEC. Um, so then at that point, you know, looking maybe two, three years production in the SEC, three down skill set, Judkins is a guy that I could see going day two, uh, late 
probably early day three is more likely, but you know, late day two is still in the cards for him. So he has an NFL future, I think. So uh, he's a guy that we're much higher on than the services. Yeah. Um, I'm still not quite a believer in him. Like some of you guys are, he's just super, super stiff. And that just kind of worries me a lot. Um, but he is like a nice one cut kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, realistically this, uh, this, this season with Bentley there now with Evans over under a hundred touches for Judkins. Um, I'd have to look up and see exactly what the touch dis- distribution was from last year. I think they had, setting the- they had three backs get decent touches. How much of that was Levy versus how much of it was was uh, mm-hmm. was Lane Kiffin? That's that's a good question there too. I think setting that bar at a hundred is a good number. I'll take the under one. I'm typically a little bit more conservative on bets, and two, um, I think that in order for Ole Miss to be successful this year with how much turnover they've had on that roster, I think they're going to have to ride Zach Evans a little bit more than what he's going to want. So I'm going to take the under on a hundred, but I don't think it's going to be by much, which is a nice role for uh, a freshman in the sec. Yeah, definitely not bad. Definitely not bad at all. Um, And that's even with Bentley. So I chose uh, Jeremy Bernard for my freshman tonight. Uh, freshman wide receiver going to Michigan State was originally committed to Washington, and then after all of the changes there, um, uh, back out of that and ended up uh, at Michigan State. 6'2", 195. Um, I wrote him up for our freshman guide. Um, I like Bernard. I don't love Bernard for a couple of different reasons. He is pretty dynamic. He's got really nice size, you know, 6'2", 195. Like, that's, like, right kind of smack in the middle of like perfect kind of you know height weight uh, for a wide receiver coming into college. And he is very much a big play kind of guy. He did a lot of um, special teams contribution uh, in high school. I think he can probably do some of that at Michigan State as well. Um, I think the athletic ability is good, but not quite elite. Um, I, I, so like, I think he's fine there, but he's not like the most explosive athlete in the world. I do think he has a very nice first step. Um, and I think he's kind of one of those guys you just want to get the ball in his hands and let him kind of do some work. Uh, so I think that's probably how they'll use him to start off his career, especially when they have, you know, like Trey Mosley and, and Jaden Reed and, and Keon Coleman and Malik Carr and a bunch of the other guys there already um, to kind of handle other roles. They'll kind of just, you know, get him in some space, give him the ball, pick up a couple of yards. Uh, I think that's going to be his, his role here early. Um, Michigan State loses a lot of production from last year. And Bernard, they bring in a, a fairly decent-sized wide receiver group this year in, in, in the recruiting class, but he's the only one that's on campus right now as far as I know. Um, so I he's making an early impression. He's gotten some pretty good reports out of practices. They had their spring game this weekend, which wasn't really a game. It was kind of just a practice, and he didn't really make a lot of noise there. Um, so, again, I think it's a limited role year one. Jaden Reed and some other guys maybe head out, and I think year two is maybe where we see Jeremy Bernard cook so don't freak out if he doesn't really do anything you're one you kind of expected more from him i think he, he's kind of a, a a wait a wait and and let him develop a little bit kind of guy too but if he does do some kick return stuff and gets you know eight to ten catches on the season i think that's a good season for him i think that's that's one you can point to and say that that's a stock up for him i do think he's the best receiver in this class for them so i think that will help him quite a bit as well and in an offense that i think is going to be pretty decent over this year and maybe the few years after that with you know uh, with 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 Kenton hauser there as a freshman wide receiver they've got a, a decent stable running back so i think it's gonna be a fun offensive system to be in i think bernard can be a big piece of that uh, again just don't expect a lot year one from this kid yeah i completely agree with that don't really expect a lot year one there but like you said, they're going to lose Jaden Reed, who's probably going to be the focal point of that passing offense. They have a ready, capable replacement for Peyton Thorne whenever that comes uh, in Kattenhauser. So it's not like there's going to be a huge drop off in quarterback production. Um, and like you said, he's the best in their class that they're bringing in this year. They bring in Antonio Gates Jr., who's more name value than he is actual value. He's a guy who's pretty technically refined, but not great as an athlete. I don't really like Gates that much. He was pretty low on my board. So, yeah, I think that Jeremy Bernard absolutely has the opportunity to take a nice leap in year two, and that's what you want to see. 
Yeah. Which, I mean, that's like the normal progression typically. Flash a little bit year one um, and then break out year two. And I think he'll be well on his way uh, to doing that. All right, guys, that's going to be our show for tonight. Um, Go ahead, subscribe to wherever, you know, you listen to this podcast. Give us a review. Um, We've got a ton of content podcasts on the feed right now. Um, Chasing the Natty on Monday, CFF show. Uh, this show, obviously, on Tuesdays here. Wednesday's Debbie Debate. Thursday, Hero, Hero RB Show with Noah Hills. And then Friday uh, is Canton Bound and then Brandon Sanders' Future Freshman Show as well. All that stuff on their daily draft reports on their daily. Go ahead, check all those out. Uh, pretty much cover everything that you need from a college, fantasy, Debbie, whatever. Uh, landscape, check out the website, Campus to Canton. Um, go ahead, poke around on there. We've got lots of articles out right now. We've got the Freshman Guide. We have some other guides coming out. We'll put the Discord, all that good stuff. Um, we'll be back later this week with Canton Bound, guys. Until then, I am Austin. And this is Colin. And have a good one.